ultimately, he picked both teams to make it, and you should have said that all along, Brent. Welcome back to the program. Thank you, gentlemen. And before we go any further, I want to make my newest pick. I'm pretty sure <laughs> the Patriots and Eagles are going to play in a Super Bowl. I'm pretty sure. When do you go to Minnesota? Right We've got two weeks until the game. <laughs> when do you have to travel there? Oh well, in my case, I'm not. I'm going. I'm not attending this year. So I'm actually uh, glad for that because I just came off being sick for a few weeks. So having the flu for two weeks and then flying to Minnesota isn't exactly the keenest idea in the world. So I'm actually happy that I get to work from home for this year's Super Bowl. I don't know. It looked pretty cool on that movie Fargo. It's nice. There's a big mall there as well. I've I've landed there once at the airport. It's very tree-y. But I'm wondering who are the locals going to cheer for? Because obviously, you like, I think the whole world's sick of the Patriots winning. But at the same time, Minnesota were just beaten by Philadelphia, and then the Philadelphia fans uh, threw beer cans at Minnesota's bus as it was leaving. So, do the lo- I mean, who are the locals going to go with? Or do you think this might be one where actually they're completely turned off by it all after the heartbreak of yesterday? Well, let's put it this way. I think when you have the United States as a whole, other than the Northeast, most people are going to be rooting for the Philadelphia Eagles simply because I I liken them to what we used to call the New York Yankees here in in the States, and that's the evil empire. They've gone from being that underdog role early in the 2000s into and developed into the dynasty that we now know as the New England Patriots. People love to root against winners. They love to root against Tom Brady. They don't want to see him necessarily succeed. And I was I'll steal from the Germans for for a moment and say that when when it comes to fandom here in the United States, it's either your favorite team or you love Schadenfreude, which means uh, you root for the other team to lose and rebel in their losses. And that's exactly what the Patriots uh, have become over the years. And when we look at it, then on top of it, you have that upstart. You have the Eagles who have really taken on this underdog role for those watching the game. You see the fans. You see some of the players wearing those German Shepherd masks. They really understand and are playing up to being the David to New England's Goliath, and that's really how the dynamic is going to be seen in this contest going into the next next week. You know, when the Patriots were down by 10 in the fourth quarter yesterday, which is hard to come back from that late in the game, and 10 points is quite significant in the NFL, did you think, oh, here we go, finally someone gets them, or did you always think, you know what, this is what Brady does, and, and he's fooled us 32 times before, he's not going to do it again? Well, here's an interesting stat. Tom Brady, that was his fourth uh, playoff victory in the fourth quarter, trailing by 10 points. No other quarterback in NFL history has more than one. So it gives you an idea of how great he is and the standard in which he operates. Second of all, what what bothered me late in that contest wasn't necessarily that it got away from the Jacksonville Jaguars, but how conservative they got. When you look late in that contest, at the end of the first half under a minute, they didn't even attempt to try to move the ball down the field after the Patriots scored. And then on top of it, you move into that final drive and you get into uh, New England territory and Blake Bortles is one of four passing. They just don't have the capability to really come back the way that the Patriots do. When you have Tom Brady, the maestro, orchestrating that offense and consistently putting his team in a position to succeed with the right plays, you expect it to a degree because he's done it, and he's done it time and time again. So if, if you can feel that momentum shifting, and as well as Jacksonville played for three quarters, they never put the Patriots away, and I think it fell on them and their play calling and getting a little stiff when they decided we have a lead, let's try to play with it instead of going out and stepping on the Patriots' throats and really trying to win. Because it's easy to understand if the Jags were a bit scared of Blake Bortles 
leading into the game of their own quarterback uh, because he's not known as a great passer, very good runner, but not known as a great passer. And even his first pass of the game looked a bit, oh, geez, this could be terrible. However, he passed for quite a few yards yesterday. Could I just kind of felt that it's almost like they got scared of him and they didn't want to give him the chance to, to I guess, blow the game for them when they were playing so well. And that was my column last night, that yeah. Blake Bortles is, is fool's gold and that they need to upgrade the position. So I feel exactly the same. And the reason why is when I look at how they play, Blake Bortles is not the type of quarterback that's making everyone around him better. He's not the type of guy that's going to lift up the, the wide receivers, the running backs, the offensive line, and make them better, that offense far superior. What he is is a cog within the scheme. And what the, the Jacksonville Jaguars did extremely well up through the fourth quarter of yesterday's game was build the, the offense around his strengths while trying to limit his weaknesses. And what you saw was a downhill physical running game that was complemented by a play-action passing game. And you started getting the run-pass options, the zone reads, things that are gadget plays around that running game. What you don't see is Blake Bortles standing tall in the pocket and picking part of defense. That's not his game. That's not what he's asked to do. That's what Tom Brady does. And as such, if you have those limitations and you have a defense that's constantly sitting on shallow routes and not afraid of being beaten deep, they're at an advantage, whereas the offense is at a disadvantage. So when I look at Jacksonville moving forward, I truly believe that their best pass now, being that they're operating on a Super Bowl standard, considering how good their defense and running game is, is to find a quarterback that can do those things that Blake Bortles is not currently doing. I don't foresee him maturing into that type of quarterback we've come to expect from greatness, whether it be Tom Brady or Peyton Manning or Brett Favre. He's not that type of player. He's simply someone that's a cog in the system that can make plays but not enough to win them games. Mm. Um, oh, sorry. Um, oh, no, I was just going to ask. Yeah. Uh, we do have Bleacher Report's Brent Sobleski with us. Brent, whose fault is it? Like, I, I, I'm one of those people that watch a game and go, oh, we lost. That's your fault. Whose fault is it from Jacksonville to know to not put their foot on the throat of um, of New England and just keep on trying to score on them? Like, whose fault is that? Of course they're going to come back New England. Well, I lay that on the coaching staff because they did get conservative in multiple areas throughout that contest. Like I stated, late in the first half um, into the third quarter, they were trying to play with the lead. They were what, is what we refer to in the NFL as Marty Ball, and that, and that harkens back to Marty Schottenheimer during his times uh, with the Los Angeles, or excuse me, the San Diego Chargers and the Cleveland Browns, where they would have successful teams that could run the football, establish leagues, but then they get ultra-conservative and allow teams to come back on them and usually lose those contests in heartbreaking fashion. So I look at the coaching staff knowing that they had that lead, they had that potential, and they weren't able to put it away. When you, To me, when you have that opportunity, especially against Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, who are the greatest of all time at their respective positions, you can't allow them to hang around in that contest. You can't settle for field goals. You need to make plays. You need to push the ball down the field. You need to highlight players like Corey Grant, for example, at 54 total yards in the first half. You saw explosive young back coming out of the backfield when he was spelling Fournette. Didn't get any touches in the second half. These are the things you have to point toward to say the coaching staff could have done a much better job, but they got tight and they allowed the Patriots to do what the Patriots do. Well, you had the Patriots from week one. Brent, you did pretty well, I thought. Yeah, good on you, mate. And a long-distance run there with the Eagles as well.
to get there. And so I guess they're going to grease up the poles in Minnesota just in case the Eagles win that one. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Have a good one, gentlemen. Thank you.